0: Welcome to the CFB Dynasty Podcast with hosts Matt Knowles and Brian McElfresh. Hey
1: everybody, how you doing out there? This is Matt Knowles and Brian McElfresh over there. We're here with the CFB Dynasty College Fantasy Football Podcast for week 12. BMAC, how you doing over there today at the Searchalytics office?
0: Hey, uh, it's good. You know, I have started a little bit early this year on uh, Christmas decorations. When do you think that's appropriate?
1: Christmas decorations, we normally, we, we, household. we normally start that stuff. Uh, Thanksgiving weekend, Thanksgiving is done. We got the yeah. long weekend, we'll start bringing all the crap out. You started this early, man? Man, what's going on <laughs> over there?
0: Yeah, I was uh, cleaning a little bit and uh, just decided to get a head start on getting stuff out of the attic. And then a couple of things got put up, so not everything yet, though. Same for us. Mostly Thanksgiving weekend.
1: Not a, not a tree or anything like that yet, right? Because to me, it always... No, 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 that's, no, no, that's no, crazy. No. That's crazy that to put is the tree now, man.
0: <laughs> that's get, crazy. You got to
1: after Thanksgiving. <laughs> don't be don't be disrespecting Thanksgiving <laughs> like that, and and not even giving it a little bit of time to breathe. Dang. <laughs>
0: Totally agree. So yeah, it's a it's a week for lineup decisions, lineup questioning, and uh, weather. Weather is a big story this week. You know, I kind of already encountered it yesterday before DeQuan Finn was announced that he wasn't going to play. That he was out of the game, I guess, with an injury. That was kind of a surprise to me. Um, even on Twitter, I'd only seen one account talk about it before. Like everyone started breaking that news, but um, yeah, I was down to him. Or Bryce Young for our playoff semifinal, going up against Gordy, and uh, one of the deciding factors was weather. Just I looked at the Toledo forecast, and it was snow and sleet and wind last night, and uh, so I decided to go with Bryce Young, and uh, it's it's something you got to check for every player.
1: So let's uh, let's roll the back there. Just let's let's roll back there just one second. So you said. This week in the semifinals, you're playing against the one and only, the venerable, the lord of all lords in fantasy football, Gordy Miller. So how did that happen? Because I seem to remember the last week we had a little side <laughs> bet going on about whether or not who was going to actually make it out. You were so confident in your pick that you, Brett, you bet a brisket dinner on that, and I took Gordy. So this week you're playing Gordy. So what does that mean, Bmac?
0: I'll take you out whenever you're ready. You <laughs> let me know. <laughs> Sounds
1: good. Sounds good. See, I can actually make a prediction that works every once in a while in this league in this on this podcast. So you know what? Sometimes my so, mind yeah, he had... work out. But
0: <laughs> you had Carson Steele in pocket there with 42 points uh, at the time of the bet, and that's fair. Gordy, actually, I've never seen this before. He he started Jane Daniels and interceptions are terrible events, right? Most leagues either don't penalize them or it's minus one. Our league is minus three. Um, Same for a fumble. And I think it's it's such a monumental event in a football game that I think the negative three is solid. And I I like how we do that in our league. But Jaden Daniels got sacked seven times. He threw a pick and fumbled. Sacks, I think, are minus one. Uh, in our league, he ended with negative yeah. seven point eight points for Gordy yeah. and won just because Mike Mike had some bad luck on his end with uh, Travis Die getting hurt, and that's the worst thing this time of year is if you have an early injury, um, sort of like Gordy had against me last night with Carson Steele uh, getting knocked out at halftime. Um, but Bijan Robinson under. Performed like the rest of his season by a, a long shot with less than three points. Tyrese Chambers, Sakari Franklin, who we had ranked really high, and you know all the data pointed to him having a great game, especially with um, one of the top receivers there, DeCorian Clark, going out for the year. But he only en- he ended with three catches. Um, so just man, an unlucky end of the year performance for uh, for Dillingham to send Gordy into the semifinals this week. So yes, I do owe you a lunch or a dinner. You let me know.
1: Sounds good. Sounds good. So, um, we're going to roll into something a little more somber really quick, but it does kind of roll into some, some, some injury notes. So, uh, our hearts go out to, uh, to everybody at Virginia, uh, after the ridiculous yep. situation that happened this weekend with a former player, um, shooting and killing multiple players on the Virginia team, uh, wounding a couple others. Um, just a ridiculous situation. Um, You know, there's nothing, nothing that can be, can can have light made of that in any way. Just absolutely ridiculous. Virginia's even talked about canceling their entire rest of their season. Um, How that, how this is going to affect fantasy football is right before we started this uh, podcast recording uh, the Virginia versus coastal Carolina game got canceled. So if you have any guys from coastal, you probably don't have any guys from Virginia in your lineup, but if you have any guys from coastal, uh, Grayson McCall was already out. He's already out basically for the rest of the season. Uh, But there's other guys that are are, uh, fantasy worthy on that coastal team. So luckily, that news is coming out earlier in the week. So get those coastal guys out of your lineup. Uh, You do not want to be, you know, on autopilot and then go into to see your uh, your stats Saturday night and be like, why did I get a zero out of my coastal running back? Well, it's because he's not playing this week. Uh, There's bigger, bigger things in life than uh, than fantasy football um and uh obviously virginia is saying "You know, there's bigger things in life than football so feel feel for the uh the community up there uh at uh at virginia and um just hope that they can recover from that that's just such a such an absurd situation to have happen over the weekend
0: it's insane yeah i haven't really read or watched anything about it so yeah thanks for sharing that that's that's rough man so terrible can't believe it
1: so um um, you know, another one of the reactions I had was uh, the good LeDamian giveth, the bad LeDamian taketh away. He had two huge weeks. He was he was back to the guy that we had ranked so high, back to the guy that you're like this guy is going to be awesome, and then he had an eight point performance, down thirty to thirty five points from where he was at the previous two weeks. Probably cost quite a few owners out there a plate of brisket. He actually cost me in a, in my other league an MVP. Uh, his eight point performance put me in the losers bracket, um, so oh, I'm not no. too thrilled. You got knocked out. I got knocked out. I, I am not thrilled uh, about the uh, fact that uh, that LaDamian decided to do that. Um, I got knocked out for other reasons too, because uh, NC State. i uh, not sure what's going on with the uh, the some of the offensive play calling there is just baffling, absolutely baffling. They have a game and a half basically where they could not do anything wrong. Then after the first quarter of the game against Boston College, they go back to this ridiculous hey uh, we know we have an all-american kicker but we're going to start punting from the uh, from the attacking 38 yard line um <laughs> just uh, just nonsense like that's the third time in three weeks they punted inside the opponent's 40. and um they let zay flowers zay flowers um they let him just go off and zay flowers was another bar another key component of uh of why i was uh, got the l last week but uh, just Brutal. a frustrating performance Frustrating performance, uh, a team in NC State looking to get their 17th straight home win. And um, they just, they beat themselves. They beat themselves in that game. It was absolutely terrible. Uh, they they The play calling did not do anything to help on MJ Morris. He looked like he was going to be a world beater. Looked like my brisket lock from last week was going to be awesome. And then the rest of the game was a straight embarrassment. I didn't message Brian or anybody after that because I'm like, man, this is just straight embarrassing. Uh-
0: <laughs> this Well, this week I might be playing... Uh some Penn State running back roulette in the the semifinal, Um, playing him in my flex. Nick Singleton blew up, had a great game, only 11 carries, but over 100 yards and a couple touchdowns. Oh, yeah. Uh, But Katron Allen got more carries than him and and has uh, been hotter of late. So I I might have to ride Singleton in my flex this week. Um, Kind of just... I'm going to have to sit Chase Brown against uh, on the road at Michigan, just unstartable in my opinion. I mean, if they score, it'll probably be Brown, but, man, I don't know that they're going to be able to run the ball. Singleton or or even potentially uh, Trevor Etienne would be uh, my flex options, kind of sadly, for this week because Zach Evans has been kind of down and out. Um some tough lineup decisions this week, but one that you don't ever want to bet against is anyone with Nix in their last name. So I'm we saying. we had Penix, yeah, we had Penix down. I, I think he's probably still the leader in passing yards in the whole country. Um, but his game against Oregon and Bo Nix, like they both went off fantasy wise. Bo Nix got knocked out of that game for a little bit, um, and they had a crucial, you know fourth down player trip when they went for it and uh <clears throat> that was a, a game changer as far as Oregon's concerned but as far as fantasy is concerned both were great and have been great all year long
1: yeah Singleton is definitely showing that he is uh he is going to be a major player in fantasy football uh for the years to come I'm, I'm really impressed with him and uh really looking forward to see what he does um, I know that you were talking about Nicks and all that, but I'm just saying. I know you're talking about your, your lineup mm-hmm. decisions, man. You got a, you got a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of interesting decisions. I feel like if you want to feel like uh, pulling up your game, why don't you do it, man? We could we could look at your we could look at your game.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I'm going up against Gordy. He's got a, a a pretty good lineup. His receivers aren't quite up to to mine in terms of. Uh, you know, potential there. Obviously, anybody can go off any game, but I've got Shipley and Marquez Cooper. Cooper going tonight. Uh, should be a snowy game there, but it's all right. Um, he's obviously running back, and I think that, that'll that kind of play into the game script a bit more for him, so I like that for, uh, for running back. Um, so, flex. Flex is where I have the biggest question, and I, I basically am locked in at Bryce Young, couple running backs. Uh, I've got Rasheed Rice, Tyler Scott, Xavier Worthy at receiver, Bowers at tight end. And then in the flex now is where I feel weak, and I feel like it's a wild card. So I'm trying to find someone that has boom ability. you got Kayshawn Boutte, who hasn't topped 100 yards except for once this year and hasn't scored a touchdown in weeks. So... LSU's playing against UAB at night. They might try and get him going as they're you know, getting ready to go into a matchup against Georgia in the SEC championship game in a couple weeks. But um, I, I don't really consider him that much. I've got Evan Stewart against UMass. He's been good with Wegman. Wegman had a rough game against a tough defense last week in Auburn. But that's a potential boom. And then Trevor Etienne at Vanderbilt. But Montreal Johnson dominated the carries at Florida last week, twenty-four to eight. Uh, even though ETN had an eighty-five-yard touchdown run, um, and then Chase McClellan, eh, Chase Brown. Eh. So I think I'm going to roll with Singleton, um, although I don't love it. It's a little bit of a, a roulette play there.
1: So uh, one of Gordy's Go players, one of Gordy's players brings up a good, an interesting discussion point. So he's got At Perry from Wake Forest. If we talked about Wake Forest versus Syracuse, when we were doing this podcast a month ago, would we have had any variable in any metaverse that was going to say that Wake Forest was going to come in losing three in a row and Syracuse was going to come in after starting off the season 6-0, and losing four games in a row and getting absolutely hammered by Florida State last week? What in the (laughs) world is going to happen? Both of these teams can't lose this week. Somebody's going to have to to suck a little bit less than the other team, but what is going on with Syracuse and Wake Forest? Neither one of these teams can do anything right right now. I mean, thirty eight to three for Syracuse versus Florida State—that's incredible. Lee Bad, I know,
0: I know. After going toe to toe with Clemson and having a really yeah. good game against them, uh, it's it's really surprising. I um, I didn't get to watch a lot of that Florida State game because I was in Gainesville for the, for the Florida, South Carolina game. Um, So it's really the least football I've watched all season. Um, And I I caught a few games the next morning, but that, that wasn't one of them. So yeah, man, that's a weird, like the momentum's just uh, uh, coming to a halt for them as they get to the, toward the end of the season, which that's some things that just sucks when you're going into the fantasy playoffs, you know, it's been similar with, Bryce young and Alabama's passing game. It's just, uh, you know, some negative momentum, if that's even a thing.
1: Uh, I think it definitely is. I think negative momentum is definitely a thing. You get, you get, a, uh, you get, uh, in your head that, Oh, here it comes again. One bad play happens. Here it comes again. We're going to go straight down the Hill. And, and uh, I just, uh, if you would have told me after the way that Syracuse started there, the real deal, we talked about them quite a few times on this podcast. To think that they've lost for the last month just blows my mind. I I would not have expected that after the way they started this season. Yep, I know. All right, so uh, let's talk about a couple notable stats from uh, this past week in fantasy. So we just talked – we already talked about Jaden Daniels, negative 7.8 points, played on a winning team in in the home (laughs) league that's incredible (laughs) – incredible that you're going to have that kind of stat line um zach charbonnet from from uh, ucla that dude is driving me crazy because i played against him far too many times at the end of the season and he has cost me multiple games uh, 181 yards rushing three tds nine receptions only 38 yards but if you're That's in a ppr nuts. league nine receptions for a for <laughs> a running back who got 181 yards that is a ton of usage out of that guy uh carson Steele, we brought him up earlier you want to talk about feast or famine last week, 198 yards, three TDs Then he fell off the map, had two fumbles in the semi injured out for the rest of the game. Completely has already broken the hearts of owners with him. Like Gordy Miller. Can he recover from such a terrible performance from Carson Steele? Yep. Then uh, Josh downs over at UNC. You want to talk about consistency. One of the things, if you go on to the CFP dynasty podcast, or, uh, the CFP dynasty.com rankings, Um, The algorithm looks for consistency from players. I don't think there's been a player that's been more consistent in the last month than Josh Downs. Listen to this. Josh Downs last week, 11 receptions, 154 yards, three TDs in the last four weeks. He has had double digit targets. He's been within about 50 yards receiving all four weeks. Overall. He's had 55 targets, 46 receptions, 548 yards 60 d's almost exactly evenly split up against those four weeks so if you've got josh downs you can pretty much expect that his bottom that his base is going to be getting double digit targets right now he is he is a guy that is money right now if you have him in your lineup
0: 100
1: uh lastly just that on the north
0: carolina uh, offense in general man they yeah. are just they're just a machine yeah. they're so good
1: and then lastly, you know, it's very difficult to get a good tight end performance in uh, in college fantasy, but Payne Durham from uh, Purdue heard that, and he, uh, he heard that knock against tight ends. Last week, he got seven receptions, 70 yards, two TDs. If you watched the podcast last week, if you listened to the podcast last week, we went through um, for the year regular season rankings, and you saw that the top tight ends weren't getting a whole lot of points per week. So if you're able to go into a game and get 20-something points out of your tight end, you probably are getting a bonus because your opponent probably only got 5 at most 10. So that may have been the difference in your game. So if you've got someone like Payne Durham, you just need to hope that he's able to continue to perform like that because that's huge. Huge, yeah,
0: definitely. <clears throat> so
1: like you got one of the any, things any I wanted stuff? to – yeah. What you got? No, Dude, I didn't want to let me interrupt.
0: Wanna... You're good, man. You're good. I did want to kind of update everyone. So as we go along and try and build the community and we, you know, just started the discord this year, right before the season. So we want to build that, make it great and uh, really get communication flowing and and healthy there, you know, during the off season. Yes. But certainly, um, as we get into the 2023 season. And we're all pro- probably playing the uh, the NCAA. Well, not NCAA, but the college football video game and everything by then. I look forward to uh, kicking it with you guys on that game and all that stuff. But as far as tools and what we're working on, I did want to give some updates <clears throat> on that. So we're planning on changing the... the the way the rankings are showcased with all the data in one place and to give you tools in a much more friendly way. Matt's seen some of the like inside stuff that we can't really share out just yet, but we're going to get to that point. So we're still going to have weekly rankings. It's going to be a much more simplified version. Um, And then we're going to try and have a customized drop-down on the page where you can select your league type. So if you've got a, a half-point PPR with a four-point quarterback touchdown uh, league, you'll be able to select that, and then all of the rankings will adjust to that. I know some of the people you know, we've talked with have requested that, and that's something we want to do next year. It's gonna be simplified. It's gonna look so much better than it does uh, this year. I know it's tough, With all the columns and stuff in the spreadsheet way, and I'm a data freak. I know a lot of people don't like it as much as I do. Um, So we're gonna, we listen, we're gonna change it, make it a lot better. Um, Stream Finder. So this is something that doesn't affect, if you've listened to us talk about our league, we're only allowed three pickups a year, but in most leagues, you can pick up as many people as you want, or you've got a free agent budget. Um, So in terms of finding someone that you can stream, meaning someone that you can pick up and then drop after a week or two, um, we're going to have a tool that will showcase who is, you know, you'll be able to select, all right, are you looking for a quarterback, running back, receiver, whatever? And let's say you're looking for a quarterback to stream, it'll have the rankings of the worst defenses in college football against that fantasy or against fantasy quarterbacks with how many points per game they've allowed in fantasy and uh, you'll also be able to see kind of the trending weeks and how how they've done so that'll be a fantastic tool that i can't wait to use personally Um, a third third tool will be the consistency chart so this will be like a, a player rankings in order of how many points they've scored year to date but then you'll be able to see their weekly performance kind of we do the trailing three weeks because that's about all we can fit in there with all the other columns that we have in the sheet but this will be a consistency tool that will have week one all the way to the end so you'll be able to see it in one screen it'll be a a nice display easy to use Um, and then one that's super important one that You know, it's really kind of hard to come by this data, but a a market share report. So um, if you're looking at running backs, you'll be able to see them, you know, in order of fantasy production. But then you'll have other data there, like what percentage of running back fantasy points for their team do they get? Um, So you'll be able to kind of spot trends and see how that plays out over the year. That's going to be great. We'll have a start sit tool. So in addition to, you know, us just kind of cutting it up on the discord, talking about, all right, who should I start this guy or that guy? We'll have a tool that'll kind of make it easy for you. Will you be able to pick people from the database and it'll make a selection kind of based on our rankings and based on the Vegas metrics. And it's just going to be a super nice display, easy to use. And then another one will be player pages, um, which will show just individual player data and uh, it'll be displayed in a really nice way. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's a ton of new stuff that's coming over the year. Um, and as soon as we have inside info or able to kind of share like real screenshots and things, we'll definitely do that. But it's going to be really great. Um, uh, it's, it's something that doesn't exist in college fantasy and there'll be plenty more to come, uh, on that front.
1: And the thing too, is this is why it's so important for you to get up and be a part of the CFB dynasty discord, because when you are in the off season, there's going to be a lot less stuff happening at CFBDynasty.com. You do want to subscribe there, but you want to, um, be on the discord and be involved in the discord so that that way, when BMAC and, and the team over there. Um, are ready to make an announcement or if there's a beta test or anything like that, you can be the first one to get that information. You can be the first one to get up there and take a look at the site. And um, that might be the difference between you and your opponents. uh, When the 2023 draft comes up is uh, being able to get up there and really know how to use and manipulate the, uh, the, the new items and the new features before that draft. So you want to get up there, be a part of the discord channel, So that that way you can get all these news and note updates um, and be ready when all these things start dropping. So it looks like BMAC is ready to start talking about the rankings for this week. BMAC, I am ready to do that as well. So let me pull up my screen here. So yeah, I've, I've
0: got it up here for those of you on YouTube. The rest of you will just have to log in to the site and kind of check things out. Drake May we have as our as our top start, and man, what, what a season he's had. Um, so the last three weeks, fantasy-wise, he's dropped 52, 37, and 49. Um, Carolina's projected to win 42-21 against Georgia Tech, wouldn't be surprised if it's a bigger spread there and uh, May should should uh, he was, he's the best start of the week uh, statistically uh, kind of going into the huge you know semifinals in fantasy obviously you can't miss out on a start because you're going up against the best of the best teams the hottest teams all that stuff in your league so Drake May we've got at number one Hendon Hooker we have at number two. He's been less hot uh, because, you know, he had the one kind of down game, seven and a half points in fantasy a couple weeks ago. But, you know, they're playing at South Carolina, and they, they're they pitiful right now. Uh, Florida was able to kind of do whatever they want, so Tennessee, I'm sure, will be able to do the same. It's a road game at South Carolina, but you just expect Hendon Hooker to, you know, they, they're projected to score 44. They can easily put up. 50 plus if they wanted
1: to I see Does anyone Caleb here
0: stand out. I
1: yep. think Caleb Williams at three. Uh, the reason being is because the over under being 75, if you've got a quarterback and uh, you are thinking about starting him, you want to look at those guys uh, that have got over unders are going to be high. You don't want to kill picking a guy where the over under is 60. Yep. You know, you know, you got an over under like that. You got Caleb Williams and uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson, both in the top seven. In that game, that game is expected to be a shootout. It's uh, so 38 to about 36 is where they've got the, uh, the point spread at. Uh, that's going to be a shootout. And that also means that your guy is probably going to be playing all the way into the end of the game. This is not a game where it's a 75 point over under and one team's favored by 30. So, So that's huge. If you've got one of those guys, if I had one of those guys on my team, I would absolutely be thinking about playing one of them because we know they're going to play all the way to the end of the game. And, um, and like I said, it's expected to be a shootout there. Um,
0: you know, I see. I need to draft more West. I need to draft more West Coast players. <laughs> I hate hey, when West, uh, my team my team gets done, and uh, you know my opponent has three or four players left, all on the West Coast, and I'm just kind of. Uh, he's accruing points, and I don't have anyone left on the board. <laughs> and it's a well, stupid I, way to think about it, but it, no, it does bother I, me. I can
1: tell you in, in, MVP, in MVP last week. Uh, the game got decided by three guys that started at ten or ten thirty, so I was up till two o'clock in the morning watching my team lose. <laughs> mm. you know, that was it was terrible. But yeah, that's hey man, that's like you you know me always drafting Boise State and Fresno State and and a lot of those teams that want to play playing on the West Coast. Um, yeah, but, but it's also difficult. Us, we're we're in East Coast uh, country, uh, ACC, SEC. Uh, you get tons and tons and tons of news and coverage and things like that over here um, that the West coast teams just aren't talked about as much. So, um, you know, I can understand why you, why you want to stick with, with the things you're familiar with, but uh, it is, it is fun. It is fun to be able to, to message BMAC at two o'clock in the morning and go, dude, did you see that? Knowing he's been asleep for like five hours. And uh, I feel like I
0: just, I get in a rhythm drafting players from certain teams uh, in this league that we have. So, like for a while, I had a bunch of USC players, and consistently from year to year, um, it just hasn't kind of fallen in place, or they haven't fallen to me in the draft, whatever. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's 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 great because you know this time of year, when you're looking at the weather, you don't have to worry about it at uh, you know Southern Cal or UCLA. Actually, when they move to the Big Ten, you will. <laughs> but. um Right now, you don't. So you get the nice West Coast games where they, you know, don't play defense pretty much and have great weather in the fantasy playoffs. So well, gotta I love think, that.
1: I think I think it, that a lot of guys will have where they they get the draft where they're familiar if a position has worked. I mean, there are certain people that always get like the Wisconsin running backs. Um, mm-hmm. For me, I always seem to have, and it, it's a rare year where I don't have some running back from Boise State on my team. Jay and Jai, alexander madison this year austin genti um and there's been others i mean there's there's always it's just i'm used to that guy used to that position performing it doesn't matter who the coach is at that school you know you're going to get some performance out of them so you know you got to yeah. go with what you, you got to go with what you know i mean i you know i drafted an alabama wide receiver again this year did not pan out for me but uh you know past years with Devontae smith and um some of Jameson the others williams I mean, yep Jameson williams that's right you know they've uh you got you got to go with what what gets you to the dance. So
0: yeah, you're kind of watching, and I had a like a Tulsa run for a long time, for years, when they were when they had a great passing offense, kind of early on in our league, and uh, yeah, you just kind of get used to it, and then you see you're watching the players, so you kind of see the next man up kind of thing, yeah. um, If you're watching them, so yeah, it makes sense getting into a rhythm there. One of the guys and teams that's just been so surprising, and they're like consistently dominant, great matchup. Um, could totally be a, a brisket lock, but isn't. Um, as Jordan Travis at Florida State. So um, him and and kind of Trey Benson, honestly, it's kind of the same scenario with um, DTR at UCLA. Um, it could come down to read options in the red zone. And, and is the quarterback going to pull and score? Or is he going to hand it off? So, man, that's going to be in those shootouts, those teams that are going to score a ton that's that could decide fantasy champion or fantasy uh semifinal.
1: Yeah, that was uh, that uh, was games. one of the that bringing up Jordan Travis, that's one of the things I wanted to bring up here. Um number 11 and number 12 on the rankings, Jordan Travis at Florida State, Bryce Young at Alabama, both in very similar situations. Um obviously if you're listening to this podcast or watching this podcast, you know about fantasy football. But if you're just happening onto this thing and you're like, "Hey, what is this podcast?" um People always talk about how there's money games in the first couple weeks of the season uh, where you've got, you know, high power five teams that are playing against inferior opponents uh, late in the season that are getting, you know, big money to be able to just go in there and get beat up on. Uh, That also happens in week 12. Uh, The SEC, more than any other conference, uh, but the Mm -hmm. ACC does it as well at times, is um, week 12 is also a week that is historically known for matchups that are just just to just be absolute beatdowns. And uh, Jordan Travis at Florida State, Bryce Young and Alabama are both in uh, in beatdown territory this week. And even though they're ranked at 11 and 12, those are the kind of games you need to be careful of, too, because how long is your guy going to be in that game? Especially Bryce Young. How long is Bryce Young going to be in the game? He could be out by the end of the first quarter. So you are taking a chance that he's going to get his stats and then be out. um, Yeah. But not not have it where it's all running game getting the stats and then he's out. But I I can't see Bryce Young making it through halftime in that game. He has got an absolute beat down on the books this week.
0: Huh, yeah. Well, let's see. Do you know who they play? APSU. Who is it? Do you know?
1: That's uh, Austin P, isn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Good one. So I uh, same same thing. Like if the first couple touchdowns for Alabama are rushing touchdowns. Uh, you're kind of screwed with Bryce Young. So I, w- I would definitely love to have started Taquan Finn last night if the weather was fine and if he actually played. So um, yeah, here we go. <laughs> it's either him or Dart for me. I've got some other injury problems. So. Well,
1: well let's, uh, let's roll down to running backs. Didn't even look at the running back rankings before we started this podcast, and I see a guy that I already talked about that has killed me. I have played him and lost to him multiple weeks and multiple leagues in the last few weeks, Zach Charbonnet from UCLA at number one. He is absolutely crushing it. Um, The the number of touches he's getting rushing and receiving uh, make him a must start. I don't care who they were playing. Um, They, they are, he is by far number one. I'm glad to see that the data has actually uh, um, agree with that as well. So Zach Charbonnet, number one, Um, some names that we've seen um, at the top of the list, um, Bijan Robinson, Blake Corum, um, a who had a little bit of an off week last week, uh, Devin, our or a chain, um, in your top five, uh, BMAC. Is there anybody that you see outside the top five that you think is, uh, is somebody that's worthy of discussion?
0: A chain is someone to watch though. Like he's such a huge part of that offense, but playing against UMass and him being hurt, I would not be shocked at all. If he just didn't play. So. That's one to watch all the way up until game time, like you should be doing with all of these players. Searching on Twitter, making sure that those are good or kind of if you, like Matt always says, if you beat us to it, you know, post it in our injury discord, but we'll be trying to post them all there too. It'd be super critical this week. Um, Tajay Spears, I like a lot. That game tomorrow night. I'm playing against Tajay Spears and I have Rasheed Rice in that game. Um <clears throat> that one's going to be really high scoring over under 65 should be a close game. Um, the only thing that I really hope is that the game script kind of works in favor of uh, Tulane having a throw to keep up, but uh, that's one we'll see. We'll see. That's uh, tomorrow night. Um, so, so that'll be
1: I, I want to roll down to a uh, running back 17. So George Helani playing at Wyoming. So normally you're like, Hey man, this is going to be a cold weather game. Probably going to be snowing. If you guys watched the Boise State game last week, they were already playing in snow. They already know what it's like to be playing in a cold-weather <laughs> game. So um, that could be a game that's set up for, for George Helani to have a, a huge breakout game because it's not going to be much different in, in, uh, in Wyoming than it was in Boise, Idaho last week. So that's a team that, is, that knows and is ready for disgusting cold-weather games, and it's probably going to be gross up there in Wyoming this week. Um, so Halani is somebody you want to take a look at once, once he came back from that injury, he's been getting the lion's share of carries. Um, Gente got a little bit more last week, but Halani is definitely the, uh, the running back one with an exclamation point out there at Boise state. Yep. I see Braylon Allen is at number 20. That's a, it's interesting to see him at 20 and Jameer Gibbs at 22. Uh, or do you have those? Do you think the data is putting them at the, in the, the top 20? Uh, and not any higher because of their matchups. Uh, why, why do you think that, that we have those guys so low?
0: Yeah, Braylon Allen just, uh, you know, he had a rough week last week. I think less than five fantasy points. Jameer Gibbs um, didn't do much last week. He had less than two fantasy points, believe it or not. And uh, Jace McClellan got the bulk of the carries there for Alabama. And, for Gibbs, it's kind of the same thing like you talked about with uh, Bryce Young. Will he play beyond the first half? Um, probably not if they're trying to protect him for, you know, a, a big game against their, their rival Auburn next week.
1: And then one uh, guy. Marquis that Irving. Yeah. Man he's Marquis Irving is a guy that. we've never talked about on this podcast. Not one time.
0: Yep, going up against Utah, and they typically have a really good defense, but this is expected to be more of a shootout in the, you know, 32 to 29 range. And uh, he's been really consistent, and he's he's got boom potential because he's so fast, and that offense is so good. Um, you know, a couple runs that he could break or, you know, a screen pass, man, could definitely vault him up into the top 10. Um and just one quick play.
1: So uh, one thing that's very interesting, uh, probably the last one we'll talk about, is uh, number 27. You got Bangora from Ohio, ranked at 27 against Ball State. So he's already played at the time of this podcast. What did he do? 23 attempts, 148 yards, two touchdowns last night. Mm. Big game. So if you were up and you were using the... uh You were using the uh, the we're looking at the rankings last night. You might have inserted this guy in your lineup, a guy that has never been talked about on this podcast—not one time this entire year—that had a huge game in the fantasy semifinal week. So that that's a a very interesting play right there. A huge game from uh, from Bangora for uh, for Ohio in fantasy semifinals.
0: Hundred percent. What a game! And uh, that's exactly what you're looking for, right? You want that kind of performance. Um, another guy that's been kind of hot that's playing tonight, Samson Evans. Um, he's been putting up, uh, you know, two, three touchdown games recently, and playing up against Kent tonight. Um, should be a great game. P- two potential great fantasy uh, running backs going head to head tonight with Marquise Cooper or Marquez Cooper against Samson Evans.
1: All right, so let's uh, let the, we'll finish our running backs. Let's let's scroll on down to wide receivers. Wide receivers, we see a bunch of names at the top of the list that have been there consistently all season. Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee, still got a little bit of a, uh, still, still a little bit salty over that one uh, yeah, for, for personal reasons. <laughs> <laughs> um, Josh Downs from UNC, we already talked about his ultra consistency right now. Um, Rasheed Rice, Nathaniel Dell uh, in the top five, No no surprises in the top five. Um, BMAC, who is the person that stands out to you the most, uh, in the, in the, in the top of the rankings?
0: Well, I mean, a Dunze, a however you say it, going up against Colorado should have a bounce back performance. You know, you might be a little bit tepid to start him against, you know, he's, he had 13 points two weeks ago, eight points last week. Um, but Colorado is one of the worst probably the worst power five team or definitely one of the worst statistical power five defenses. Like they are terrible. Washington will be able to do whatever they want and try and kind of continue on their hot streak there. Love him as a start this week. Um, you know, that's, I mean, he's averaging 17 and a half a game. Um, boom potential out of him. So I really like that. And Rasheed Rice, of course. Um, he's he, uh, I don't think he even led SMU in targets last week. Surprisingly, he's been really good. You know, 34, 25, 18 points, and then he'll uh, he still has boom potential on top of that. As much as SMU throws the ball, and then yeah, Tank Dell killing it.
1: And and as and as Bmac has said, you know, he's a stat nerd. I'm a stat nerd. I can't remember a week um that where we didn't have at least somebody from UTSA or Ohio State or a pair of them in the top five. So, this is an interesting week where, where nobody from uh, from Ohio State or UTSA makes the top five. That does not mean, in any way, shape, or form, to not play those guys because they are still sitting there. You got Marvin Harrison at number eight, you've got Zakari Franklin uh, from UTSA at number 11, you got Emeka Agbuka at number 14. So, they're still highly, highly ranked it's just interesting to see that they've kind of fallen from that perch where they were like a, a stalwart in the, uh, in the top five, at all times.
0: in the top five. Yeah. It would be really hard to sit any of those. And if you've got three of the top 10 or whatever, you know, you're that's, that's pretty incredible. Some of these, ma- the lineup decisions that we get in, uh, in the discord, it's like, dang, you're choosing between these two guys. Who are you sitting? Um, but yeah, so some great, great matchups there. Obviously Tyler Scott, um, he comes back and clearly is number one at Cincinnati, but temple has an okay defense. Uh, I think, uh, th- they always like to take some deep shots there. And then Jacob cowing is another one that you just got to start him every week. Pretty much. It, it seems like he gets all the, uh, all the attention in terms of targets. So got to love that averaging 17 a game.
1: And, uh, one last thing I want to talk about here in wide receivers. Um, Again, just because you don't have a guy in the top five or the top 10 doesn't mean that there's not a play, a startable play in there, especially if you could be starting four wide receivers in the semis, that's 16 wide receivers. If everybody plays four that have a chance to play, um, look at Fresno state, you've got Jalen Cropper at 22 and then down at number 31, you got Nico Ormiglio. Nico Ormiglio is somebody that I had my eye on at the beginning of the season. I watch a lot of Fresno state football. Fresno state is just a team I like to watch. Um, especially because I've always had a, a running back. This is the first time in years I've not had a Fresno State running back or offensive player on my team. Um, was disappointed I couldn't get Jordan Mims. But um, Remiglio is is an interesting play because he also plays special teams. And if you're in a league that rewards your team for punt return touchdowns, kick return touchdowns, he always seems like he's going to break one every week. Yeah. So you might be able to sneak a special teams touchdown out of him as well but um, he is—he is definitely the third best option on that offense behind Cropper and Jordan Mims. So if you really have to go deep, I'm not saying he's a brisket lock. I'm not saying anything like that. But you want to go out there and do your research on him. There's a reason why he snuck up there at, at number 31. So um, it's very interesting to see he's finally made—finally uh, busted into the rankings.
0: Yeah, you know when you're looking for that flex in. In the playoffs, and you're going up against a really good roster. Sometimes you might need to take that risk on a boom player, um, like a Troy Franklin. I feel like falls into that mix where he's averaging less than 14 fantasy points a game, but they love to take deep shots to Troy Franklin. And if he hits on one, or maybe hits on two, you've got a potential you know lottery ticket there. Um, <clears throat> but he doesn't get you know 12 targets a game.
1: All right, so that is our our review of the rankings for week 12. If we didn't talk about guys you have on your roster, make sure you go up to cfbdynasty.com, subscribe so you can go up there, you can take a look at the site and you can make the decisions uh, that they could help propel you to your fantasy football championship. So with that being said, BMac, I think it's time for some news and notes.
0: Let's get it. News and notes.
1: All right, so right off the bat, we're going to just remind you guys, we we'll are going to the podcast late. Uh, if you have anybody from Virginia, anybody from Coastal Carolina in your rosters, get them out. That game has been canceled this week after the tragic shootings on the Virginia campus. Uh, so Coastal Carolina is not in play for the, the fantasy semifinals. Um, South Florida, Cartavius March had successful neck surgery after leaving the game on Saturday. Uh, expected Ouch. to be released Next from the surgery. hospital. Neck surgery, that is not good. So uh, the Bulls are going to be turning to By- Byron Brown on Friday. He has only had five pass attempts this season. Uh, so yeah, that does not sound like you want to be doing, getting, playing anybody even remotely close to South Florida. Uh, Agreed. Agreed. Georgia Tech has a shut QB uh, Jeff Sims down uh, for the season. Uh, Zach Pyron started last week, um, but he also broke his clavicle. So again, another school that's going to be going deep, deep down the quarterback line. Uh, Zach Gibson's going to start. Um, I'm not even going to. T- I'm not even going to try to pronounce the backup's name. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The backup. The backup. <laughs> go look at. Go look at their <laughs> roster. Um, I'll you know what? I'll try it. Taysin, Famuanchanch. If I messed up your name, <laughs> I guarantee I'm like 99 of the country and and messed it up. Um, <laughs> Let's see, so uh, Tuesday night, a uh, game that's already happened, but this is something that could affect the uh, the fantasy championships. Uh, you have Ball State Carson Steele and Curtis Rourke both knocked out of the game within two minutes of each other. Um, so you absolutely want to be paying attention. Uh, Carson Steele is somebody that is a big-time baller. Uh, you want to pay attention to them to see if they're going to be able to play in that fantasy championship if you have them. Uh, let's see here, so Tuesday night, uh, you want to refresh on the Daquan Finn uh, situation there, B. lower leg injury out for the game. He was in a boot pregame. So, uh, how are you feeling about Daquan Finn for the rest of the season?
0: Not feeling good, especially that I I like kind of plan on needing him next week if I advance. Because you've got Bryce Young obviously going to be playing against Auburn. You know, I'm not going to hate starting Bryce Young against anybody. But I would love to have Finn uh, in a healthy Finn where I was confident that he was going to play the full game. So I think I pretty much am out on him the rest of the year. We got two weeks left. He didn't play in the semifinal week. So I don't think I can see myself starting him uh, over Bryce Young next
1: week. All right. So let's see here. So see Malik Cunningham, day to day with a shoulder injury uh, for Louisville. That's definitely one to pay attention to there. Um, Nebraska, Casey Thompson was throwing in practice. Um, Shuba Purdy, um, high ankle sprain is going to have surgery. And Logan Smothers was said to be a little beat up with practicing. So that is a mess going on there at uh, Nebraska. Let's see here. Vanderbilt, the depth chart says Mike Wright or AJ Swan swan is called questionable sounds like he's not been fully cleared uh west virginia declines the name of starter for this week after jt daniels was pulled obviously so after the uh, the atrocious performance last week uh Mm -hmm. so that's definitely a game time decision i would not be feeling good if i had jt daniels in my lineup
0: (laughs) so You're, uh, you're probably uh if you have him in your lineup i think you're uh you're done (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's definitely definitely need to be. I, I would rather start. I'd rather start. You know, uh, somebody who's not playing over somebody that got negative seven points last week is not good. <laughs> All right, so um, running backs. You know, uh, from the players that got uh, that got shot at Virginia, most of them were not did not have fantasy relevance. Uh, Mike Hollins, running back from Virginia, had a second surgery after being shot, and he's been taken off a ventilator. So, um, absolutely does not sound like he would be back this season anyways, but it's at least good to see that there's a little bit of uh, a little bit of progress being made there for him.
0: Yeah. And I know they'll all be different, but it, you know, happened to Brian Robinson after he won the starting job for the commanders and, uh, he, he's still not fully back to full speed yet. So that, that was, you know, NFL preseason that, that, that happened. So.
1: Yeah, so it's still incredible gotta rule these guys out either way. Still incredible to see him even uh to see him even uh having a chance to play. So so Keaton Mitchell from uh East Carolina. So Keaton Mitchell being cleared from a head injury, expected to play this week. Uh you definitely never want to be uh, talking about running backs and concussions because there's so much So much collision happening there. Keep your eye on him.
0: Um, Yep, and he's high on the rankings this week. So hopefully he gets healthy and uh, is able to give it a full go.
1: Ches Malouzi from Wisconsin, someone who has done absolutely nothing this year from Fantasy Relevance. Very big disappointment right there. Probably one of the biggest disappointments this year as far as I'm concerned. Um, He's not listed as out on the injury report. Uh, He practiced Tuesday. He's hopeful to be back, so that's actually good. He might actually get a carry or two. Um, Ohio state, hopeful to have at least two of their three injured running backs back this week. What do you feel about the, uh, the, the running back room there at Ohio state be back?
0: (laughs) It's been one week on one week off seemingly for, for these running backs. But if you get the one that's starting, uh, like if, uh, you know, Mayan Williams was able to get, you know, all the carries. Or take you know the lead role uh, last week or the last two weeks, and Travion Henderson's out like that's great for you uh, if you've got Myon Williams because then you've got some clarity on who's the the lead back. But when they're both healthy, going into the final two weeks of the year, oh, it's going to be hard to start them either one of them.
1: All right, so Marshawn Lloyd limited a practice on Tuesday for South Carolina, but still hopeful this week. All right, let's go down and see what we got for wide receiver. So, Bo Collins from Clemson returned to practice uh, uh, after a shoulder injury, but he's still considered day-to-day. Uh, CJ Johnson from East Carolina has been cleared. The head and neck expected to play this week. That's good. Mario yeah, Mario Williams for USC is practicing, hopefully to get some reps this week. Um, and that's about it. That's about it. Um, as far as the, the news and notes in that respect, Max, is there anything else that you know of that has popped up that is notable that we have not talked about yet?
0: Nothing really. I know there's no real news on Jordan Addison who only ended. He ended last game with one catch. So you've got to feel not so great starting him. But um, ugh, that USC receiving course What kind of kind of one to follow one to avoid if you can. Um, but yeah, that's all, um, that's all that I've got from news and notes too.
1: And as b said, if you are someone that follows a team or if you're someone that gets some information, please feel free to go post to the discord because this podcast is only running once a week, but you might need some last minute information that's dropping Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday morning. If you get it, be a part of the community, post it on the discord. The more people that are posting up there, the more full, the injury information is going to be up to the minute. So we we are definitely giving you guys a call to action to do that for us.
0: Yep. The, and we were posting about Daquan Finn last night. You guys chime on in.
1: All right. So, our first question today comes from Bronco fan. He wants BMAC to pick one McBride, UAB versus LSU, Sanders, Arkansas versus Old Miss, or Henderson at Ohio State versus Maryland. He says he's leaning towards McBride, but he wants to know more about Henderson's health. BMAC, if you had to pick one right now, today, you had to set your lineup. Which one of these three are you going to go with? I
0: was helping a, a buddy in the office right now with a similar scenario here where he's got McBride and Rocket Sanders um, and a couple others that he's trying to choose between. So McBride would be a really difficult one to sit because he's you know crucial to the UAB offense. But if you think about this is LSU at home, at night, just won the SEC West. And they're trying to establish dominance and have been a really, you know, solid and improving run and pass rush defense. So I don't feel great starting McBride. Um, if UAB has success, it will be with McBride. So that part is tough. Um, Rocket Sanders is out to start against Ole Miss. You know, they're projected to score a couple more touchdowns than UAB is projected against LSU, and. Um, K.J. Jefferson should be back, so that offense should be, you know, back to kind of running as it was. You know, Rocket Sanders didn't get as many touches last week playing with the backup. And then Travion Henderson, yeah, I, I wish, like he says, like, I, I wish I knew more about his health, too, and kind of how that scenario is going to play out. Um, so I'd go Rocket out of the three.
1: All right, so um, J.R. Huskers. He's got a bunch of wide receivers, and he keeps second-guessing himself. Would like opinions on which (laughs) three to start. Jordan Addison, Rasheed Rice, Tyler Scott, Jacob Cowing, Keelon Stokes, Jalen Cropper, Devontae Walker. Here's what I would say. This is a good problem to have, because that is a deep, (laughs) deep, deep seven receivers right there. But BMAC, if you had to provide some information and you had to choose yourself, who are you going with?
0: Yeah, so if if Addison is healthy and you know he's healthy, he's he's a clear start. He's one of the best starts of the week. Um, but I would have to know. I would have to know that he's healthy. Rasheed Rice is in. Tyler Scott is in for me. Um, they're both gonna get you know ten plus targets, pretty much guaranteed. And then you gotta feel about the same about Cowing Stokes and Cropper for sure so let's say let's say we're we're gonna not really know about Addison going into the game because I don't think we're gonna get much more information Um, I've got Scott in I've got Rasheed Rice in and I'd probably go ahead and roll with Keelan Stokes uh, against South Florida Friday night I know it'd be a tough one to kind of sit Cropper, tough to sit Cowing, but uh, that would that would be my three. If if I had to pick like a top four, it'd be Rice, Scott, Cowing, and Stokes. And picking four from there is really tough. I would second guess myself just as I'm doing live now, <laughs> uh, the but whole the time. Thing, the but yeah, uh, the thing is too, tough. the thing
1: is, yeah, if you're Jr. Huskers, you need to be up looking at the rankings because the rankings are going to show you. Jalen Cropper was at what twenty one, twenty two. You got a bunch of guys that are sitting those rankings higher than that man. I would go with whatever whoever the top guys are in the rankings, which he's got a lot of them. But you know, yeah, you trust, trust, trust the data. Yep. And then last but not least, we got Jay Fresh. Not Jay Fresh five. Not Jay Fresh seven. Not even Jay Fresh thirty two. <laughs> but Jay Fresh thirty three wants to know: Are you going to be starting Seth Evans? Are Kalen Layborn at running back? Uh, I know you had an interesting comment up there. So he wants to start one or the other. And your comment was, <laughs> who else is starting I mean, at the top two?
0: <laughs> right. It's, it's really uh, ridiculous. You know, it's, it's so close when you break down those two games and you see Marshall's projected to score 29. And then you see Eastern Michigan expected to score 27 uh, tonight at Kent State and Samson Evans, has that opportunity. If anyone's going to run away with either game, obviously that's better for the game script for a running back. And I think Kent State has that potential against Eastern Michigan. I would lean on the team that is projected to win, uh, and that would be uh, Kalon Laybourne and Marshall. Um, I'd roll with him a little bit more over Samson Evans, both great starts, though.
1: Yeah, I definitely don't think he's gonna. I definitely don't think that he's gonna be uh, hating life, starting either one of those guys. Is almost throwing throw, a, throw yeah. a dart at the dartboard on that one. All <laughs> right, so that's the questions from the Discord. We love taking your questions. Um, so the last thing we got for this week, BMAC, it is time for your brisket lock. Last week we both went with Homer quarterbacks. Your quarterback did good. My quarterback had one great quarter, and I wish we could have ended the game after that. But um, this <laughs> week, that is not what we're doing. You have gone the complete opposite direction, BMAC. Who is your brisket lock? I want to hear you tell the people out there why you are brisket locking on this guy.
0: Yeah, and it's about touches. It's about, um, you know, the trend of the program and the trend of a program that loves to run the ball. So um, running back 37, Trey Benson's really taken over there at, at FSU. They're playing against... Um, struggling Raging Cajuns team Um, so he's he's uh, he's only averaging 12 points on the season but he may or 12 fantasy points per game on the season but you know lately with the with the trends love him this week he's got a boom potential for sure against an outmatched um, Raging Cajuns team FSU scoring 38 you just hope Trey Benson gets a couple of those touchdowns and a bunch of yards
1: so so real quick i just want to make sure because i haven't heard you actually say it yet i want to hear you say i picked a florida state player
0: oh yeah like so (laughs) absolutely (laughs) i i was fully bought in on you know norvell when he was you know at memphis and would love to land one of his running backs so if he gets that thing rolling along at fsu They'll, you know, potentially going into next year, we could see some FSU running backs, um, you know, near the preseason top 20. Um, he's got that kind of uh, rapport within the fantasy community because he loves to run the ball, especially if, you know, potentially they go with a, a quarterback that's less dual threat, which I don't think they would do. But if they did, that, that's even more carries for the running backs in the future.
1: All right, well, that is the the BMax brisket lock for this week. Let's see how Florida State's player that BMAC has picked, the lifelong Florida Gator fan, let's see how he does this week. I just got to make sure I say that as often as possible because it's very <laughs> unlikely for BMAC to ever talk a lot of good stuff about Florida State. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, just gotta just gotta be real. And if I had him on my team, I'd I'd be starting him over Singleton for sure this week.
1: Hey, that's like me talking about Josh Downs earlier, man, being the most consistent receiver out there right now as far as the last few weeks. Hey, consistency is consistency, just like Drake May. I mean, hey, just because he plays for the rival doesn't I mean I wouldn't be starting him.
0: Yep, that's for sure. All
1: right, so so I think that, that is the end of the podcast for this week. If you guys are not subscribed to CFBDynasty.com, you want to get up there and do it. If you're not on the Discord, go to Discord.com, look up CFB Dynasty, become a part of the community. Let's grow this thing. Let's make sure we end this season off on a – on a hot note, next week is going to be the last, when I say regular season, I mean regular podcast, because it's going to be the last one of the college fantasy season, which always sucks because finally college fantasy season goes by so quickly. It so what?
0: I, I couldn't so, believe I got a text yesterday that next week's Thanksgiving, it was just like, it's just a shock all the time. It's yeah, so fast.
1: Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So I'll, I I'll be, uh, I, I do a. I do a uh, Black Friday show at, uh, at a local comic store, Beard of Brown Coat. Um, every year it starts at midnight. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that show is in eight days? I felt like it was like a month <laughs> away. It's eight days from now. but uh, Yeah, it's crazy. But uh, well, Good B-Mac, luck to all of y'all,
0: yeah. except for Gordy this week. Everyone else, though, I hope you win.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. And you know what? Gordy, I do want to see you win. No offense to B Mac here, <laughs> but Gordy, I do like, I, I love the way that Gordy approaches his draft. I love the way that Gordy approaches the league. I love the attitude. I tried, I tried to get Gordy to, uh, to, you know, to to talk some trash this week because one of the neat things we did in our league this year was the number one seed in the playoffs, who was BMAC, we said that that number one seed got to pick their opponent. They basically got to do the call out of the guys who won in week uh, 11 and BMAC decided that he felt the easiest out the team he was going to go in there and steamroll the team he was going to flatten was going to be Gordy and Gordy (laughs) would not take the bait. He would not take the bait. He was above board. He was just like he always is. And, and was like, "This is going to be a great week. I'm really happy to be here. And I'm like, no Gordy B (laughs) back's giving you bulletin board material. He called you out, man. He called you out. He wants to get the easy win over you. He wants to blow you out. And he's like, Don't worry, there's bulletin board material. It's up there, but this is going to be a great week. I mean, just totally calm.
0: (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised if he literally has that in like a sports room somewhere in his house with some actual bulletin board material, like him (laughs) screenshotting Slack messages and like posting them up. It wouldn't shock me. Him and Dillingham, they've got the tendencies.
1: Well, but if you you know Gordy, Gordy is the one guy in our league that doesn't even draft with a computer. I don't even know if Gordy owns a computer. I think he tries to draft off of Abacus, but he still does it well. (laughs) so uh gordy probably does have to print it out or handwrite it because he, he doesn't have, i don't even know how he listens to this podcast to be honest he must have to go to a friend's house listen to it there the I yeah so i don't even know what technology he even <laughs> owns man he's stuck in 1976 when it comes to that but somehow he's in the college fantasy uh semi-finals so good luck yep. to you gordy good luck to everybody else that's out there we will see you next week on behalf of brian mckellford's at cfb My name is Matt Knowles. You can catch me at Dr. Anguish on Twitter and on Instagram and wherever else. And we will see you guys next week for the College Fantasy Football Championships. See ya.